Blog Talk Radio. Sometimes when you win, you really lose. And sometimes when you lose, you really win. And sometimes when you win or lose, you actually tie. And sometimes when you tie, you actually win or lose. Shout out to Rob from Cali. Welcome to the war room. We got Tez, Kim, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, the hot block commander. How you want to end up one or two hours show to keep the brain running with the premise of talk sports on a national level. Roll with the topic, sort of like the rubber. When it's game time, they like the fat five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates sweep their minds a little bit. For sports medicine and sports veterans and great. The 4 for 26 tour, the war in Kuwait. It's the war room with five nights at the round table. Five silly guys, diversified and educated. What up, everybody out there in War Room land? You are once again live in the War Room, brought to you by War Room Sports on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Dev McMillan. I'm at the round table with my brother from another mother. We got Jimmy the Blueprint in the building. Hey, Jim, you know, this, this thing of ours is underway, so we're going to discuss what we've noticed about the NBA in the first couple of nights. Um, and, and a whole lot more. So keep it locked right here. But if you guys want to get in on the conversation, sign in right now to the By the Hood chat room. Yes, we have a new sponsor, By the Hood chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room. Or you can join us on Facebook or Twitter at War Room Sports. You can also call us directly in about 10 minutes after we talk college football with Fred Purdue and open up the Digital Extreme Tech hotline. That number, as usual, is 323410 zero zero one two before we get started make sure like we always tell you make sure that during the week when you're not doing anything else and we're not live on the air you're just chilling at your desk you're working you're in the car whatever whatever you're doing just make sure you check out archive episodes of our show um you could do that on our own network at warroomsports.com or you could do it on the warroom sports mobile app which is free uh itunes TuneIn, stitcher spreaker blog talk radio uh, all your podcast sites, Google, Apple, Spotify, Breaker, uh, whatever you got, we're most likely to be there. What up, fam? What's, what's, what's the word this week, man? Another crazy week in America. Nothing, like, uh, specific. It's just, we in yeah, America, I everything's mean, that, crazy every day. Yeah, every day. I, and, and uh, you know, and we always say, I don't know whether it's always been this thing, we just noticing or just getting crazier, yeah. but... You know, um, we just got more know, access got, to the craziness yeah, of people. You know. Yeah, we got the president being the president. We got um, your man Zuckerberg getting killed by AOC. We got um, we got you know your man Tank out here saying all kinds of craziness, man. We got Tank out here eating you know, guns. Um, we got yeah. we got we got maxi pad companies taking female symbols off of their box because uh, yeah. the LGBTQ community is saying that you know. Not only women menstruate, so I, I don't. Yeah, I don't really and then you know. got that. That is new. You got that's new. Like just that, black, that whole thing. You got black folks mad <laughs> at um at pumpkins, you know. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's wild. It's some wild days we in, beloved. Yeah, America, man, it's, it is crazy. I mean, we could go on forever. Uh, basically, just saying what's crazy about the week that was or what's going on right now. I mean, he, your president, we, he, there's something every week with that ball. 
what is he doing now? Yeah. He, he's building a wall in Colorado. Um, Colorado doesn't have a border in Mexico. <laughs> so so I'm not sure who he's trying to keep in or out there. Maybe he's trying to keep out the new Mexicans instead of the Mexicans. Um, <laughs> what else is he doing? Uh, he's straight lying about cats that he knows. Even though it's like pictures of them doing family trips and family vacations together. I don't know that dude. But that's nothing new. It's it's crazy yeah. out there, man. All right, well let's 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 get to the to the sports. Um we got the homie Fred Purdue waiting on the line to talk a little college football. So we're gonna jump right into some hot topics, which includes uh Fred Purdue's uh college football segment. Hot topics as usual, brought to you by my bookie. If you guys want to make some cash betting on sports, you can do it at my bookie. The NFL is in full swing. The NBA is back, and the World Series is, man, surprisingly chugging right along. So if you still haven't checked out my bookie, man, this is the perfect week to lay down some dough on the biggest games in sports. You can join us and thousands of other online players placing book bets at mybookie.ag. Not .com, not .net, not .us, mybookie.ag. Lock that in. You guys are tired of getting a runaround from these services when it's time for a payout. Try my bookie. If you win, they pay you. It'll be fast. No hassles. You're basically wasting your time betting anywhere else. Join now. My bookie will match your first deposit up to $1,000. But the only way you can get that is if you use the promo code WARROOM. That's all caps, W-A-R-R-O-O-M. That'll activate your offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. Play, win, and get paid. That's all that's to it. All right. So on the line with us, we have the homie Fred Purdue um, with his new podcast, Locked on Canes, on the Locked on Podcast Network, here to talk um, a few college football games for the upcoming weekend, including those Miami Hurricanes, which he covers primarily on his podcast. Fred, what's going on, good brother? Fellas, what's going on? Long time no talk. Yeah, you you busy what's man really these good? days, man. <laughs> what's popping? <laughs> man, just just get grinding out these shows, man. Just grinding out these shows, man. It's it's a whole new world out here. I got Fred on the on the everyday circuit. He on his his Colin Cowherd, his Daniel Patrick <laughs> type move. But Fred, let's jump right into these games, man. We got some big games this weekend. Um, a lot, a lot of them are rivalry games. Some of them. Um, and the first one we want to start with is a game that should have been an even bigger game than it already is. But Wisconsin went out and laid an egg last week, so instead of say number six Wisconsin versus number three Ohio State, we're talking number thirteen Wisconsin at number three Ohio State. This game was circled on my calendar way in preseason. I said I, I've had at least one Heisman Trophy candidate in this one, and Jonathan Taylor, who is the best running back in college football and is probably a top 15 back the second he walks into the NFL. I'm just going to call it what I, how I see it. So Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor in, this, in that Wisconsin offensive line, they get the, the joy of going up against an Ohio State team that has Justin Fields, the guy that made the guy transfer at Georgia. He, was, he transferred from Georgia, and he's, he's moved, on from Ohio, moved on from Georgia to go on to Ohio State where he is 
being called baby Cam Newton and various other things. I mean, the weapons on that team is they're just ridiculous, whether it's uh, J.K. Dobbins on offense or whether it's Chase Young, who is just a terror off the edge, who will be a top five pick going into next year's NFL draft. That team, and, and on the outside, you have Jeffrey Okoda, who is just a monster. He's probably the best corner in college football. So that Ohio State is loaded. And Ryan Day just has – he's just pushing the right buttons to make this team go. Uh, for me, when I – and I can actually give picks now because I'm things are a little bit different now. So I, I don't mind giving a pick. Ohio State's going to destroy this team. And with the injuries that Wisconsin has, I think all you have to do for Ohio State is simply run the football. Trust the best offensive line in college football. Trust the best, probably the top two or three defense in college football. This team is literally the most complete team I've seen, and that includes Alabama. Justin Fields is is a lot better than I thought he would be, especially based off what I saw in the spring when he just looked lost. And I attribute a lot of that to Ryan Day, who was the offensive coordinator and quarterback coach, and now he's there running the show. He's their version of a Lincoln Riley. And those guys are averaging 33 points in the first half. Not the game. First half. Not a game. You can, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can have – Jonathan Taylor is great. That offensive line is great. Cohen's great at quarterback for Wisconsin. But where – Defense, you're losing tons of your top corner. He's not playing. So you're losing – you're going to have to play ball control to the up degree, and I don't think they can do that. I'll say Ohio State wins this game like 28-10. All right. All right, um, next game is number eight, Notre Dame, at number 19, Michigan. Ooh, this one's dropped another one last week. <laughs> yeah, this one's this one's just a I I don't understand where everyone saw Michigan as this high powered team offensively. Jim Harbaugh, I mean, he's had a great record. He's like forty three and sixteen, and that's great. But who are you beating? Who's your signature win in your career? And on top of that, now there's the there's the there's the alleged exit strategy that he has to leave Michigan. Of course, there's no exit strategy now after it's been debunked, but I just don't see where Michigan is going to score the points. Uh, Notre Dame has the best defense I've seen from them. Actually, I'll even go as far. This is the most complete team I've seen from them uh, since they got abused by Alabama in that national championship game, which seems like like an eternity ago. Uh, but Ian Book is a very good quarterback. Uh, the defense is solid. What I see is a very complete team. They're able to run the football. And they went toe-to-toe with Georgia. They ran out of gas at the end. This Michigan team isn't even close to that Georgia team. Notre Dame will, is going to put all kinds of pressure on Shea Patterson. And I, I just have a good feeling. Brian Kelly won't be turning purple or anything on the sidelines. I think he'll be jumping for joy. I'll give I'll say Notre Dame wins this one uh 24-13. Now we got a big one in the SEC, uh number 9 Auburn at number 2 LSU. This one is one of the ones I really I look forward to this week because 
LSU has been able to really when you say LSU and offense, it just doesn't make sense to me. I'm still trying to get that to make sense to me. And uh, Joe Burrow, when we talked about quarterback going into the NFL next year in the draft, we didn't think about Joe, Joe Burrow. He, I mean, the offense was okay last year, but it wasn't great. Uh, but he's throwing the ball really well. And Justin Herbert, the Oregon quarterback, was thought of as the guy going into next year into the draft. Well, not so fast. Tua was also thought as the guy. The, the Dolphins are saying tank for Tua. Not so fast. Joe Burrow might have a little bit to say about that. He has guys like Justin Jackson at receiver who – these guys, they're a mirror image of what Alabama does offensively. And, by the way, the defense is very, very stingy. Uh, both lines of scrimmage are really good. And they have a freshman, Derek Stingley, at, at corner. He may be the best – he may be one of the top one or two guys at, in the country at corner. And he's just a freshman. I mean, they – on the other side, you have Bo Nix, the number one dual threat quarterback in the country out of high school. He's just a freshman. He went toe-to-toe with Oregon, and they, they beat those guys. Uh, defensive line is great. Derrick Brown is a top-five pick. That's great. This is, a, a bat, this is going to be a battle of the Titans type of game, but I think LSU comes out on top. I don't think Bo Nix is just yet ready to, to take over a game of this type of magnitude. LSU wins this game and sets up a really big matchup against Alabama going forward in the next couple of years. Well, and last but not least, well, I guess if you look at the rankings of these two teams, I guess it is least in comparison to what you've already talked about. But you are the Miami expert, so we have to talk about you. Um, So we're going to go Miami, University of Miami at Pitt. Yeah, this one's going to be – I'm not going to give a pick because I have a, I have a show I have to do tomorrow, so I can't give a pick. But just a little information in this game. Pitt is actually favored in this game, five and a half points. Uh, you have – Miami has both of their quarterbacks, Nikosi Perry. He's injured. He has a separated shoulder. Jaron Williams, also the starter, the freshman starter, he's injured with a shoulder injury. DJ Dallas, the starting running back, he's, he has a gimpy knee. Uh, Cam Dave, I'm sorry, Cam Harris. He had 136 yards, and he was a bell cow back last week against Georgia Tech. Even though they lost to a one in five Georgia Tech team, in which I was in a bar with Georgia Tech people, and it, it, I had to walk out. I just had to, I had to, do, I, I had to go. I just had to go. So it wasn't a good day. Uh, but Miami has plenty of issues, whether it's Jeff Thomas uh, being suspended. He's their guy that takes the top off the defense. The offensive line isn't great. And this this Swiss cheese of an offensive line is going up against the team that leads the country in sacks. They're averaging five and a half sacks a game. To put that in comparison, what Manny Diaz, and he actually came out with this uh, earlier in the week, he said, as good as Miami's defense was over the last couple of years, and we know how the turnover chain was a thing and how they were getting after quarterbacks, at the height of the Mark Rick era, which is, was about two years ago when they went 10-3, and three, they averaged 3.4 sacks a game. So this pit team is almost lapping the field as far as sack production is concerned. And Pat Narduzzi is, it has an aggressive defense. If you don't think that they're going to attack this Miami offensive line that has 
the refreshment on it, good luck. And you have quarterback shoulder injuries. This is it's going to be a very interesting game. All right. Well, since you're not giving any picks on this one here, uh, why don't you let everybody out there before we let you go, let them know how they can get in touch with you on social media, but more importantly, let them know how they can listen to your show so they can get more in-depth coverage on those Miami Hurricanes. Most definitely. You can reach me on Twitter at FredPurdueCFB. You can also go follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnCanes. Very simple for you to go find. Uh, you can also go find you can find the show on, on Spotify, whether it's uh, Apple Podcasts. Just search Locked on, Locked on Canes. Uh, hey, you know, Fred. What's Fred. up, Jimmy? What's up, man? We, we haven't uh, talked in a minute, on? man. What's going on? You know me. I'm laying low, man. I got a question for you. It was not from me. I got it in the um, um, Tobias is listening, and he's in the chat. He told me to tell you he don't care nothing about no college football, but he wants to know how you feel about <laughs> um, Jimmy Buckets doing, doing load management on open night. <laughs> I would be honest with you, you know, I I really, as far as I really didn't even want Jimmy Buckets on my team, so um, we'll we'll start with that one. But I I really don't follow the. I haven't had enough time to even touch the NBA, much less even worry about what he's doing right now, what they're doing over there. Got you. All right. That's what's up. Well, everybody, make sure you search for Locked On Canes. That's as in Hurricane, C-A-N-E-S. Um, and listen to the homie Fred Purdue, especially if you're – I know we know a lot of Hurricanes fans out there. So if you want some information about your favorite team, check them out. All right, Fred, we holler at you next week, man. Pleasure right, as usual. Appreciate it. All right, Thanks for having me on. That's – Again, that's Fred Purdue, everybody. Locked on Canes podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure you check them out. All right. So, man, the the World Series is underway. Um, Jimmy, any surprises here that the Nationals, you know, in their first ever World Series appearance, not even, you know, they didn't just come to the party. They kicked the damn door in, stole two games. Team of destiny, man. Man, that's that's what we're starting to hear, man. We hear that when teams go on these kind of runs, but I mean, you're you're hearing, you know, I'm I'm here um, with my finger on the pulse. I'm in the the DC area, so all the Nationals fans are, you know, out and about. There's a lot of talking. There's a lot of that, and you hear this a lot, especially when somebody's making their first appearance ever or first appearance in a long time. Nobody gave us a chance. This and that. Blah blah blah. Um, I say to that, for anybody who knows, you know, a little bit about baseball, it would have been silly to go into this World Series saying the Nationals don't have a chance. Now, I think Houston were, you know, look at their records. They were clearly the favorite. And I'm not, you know, it sounds like we're talking like it's over. It's not over yet. But they, like I said, they kicked down the door, went into Houston, got two wins, one against uh, Cole and one against Justin Verlander. Now, if you That's can crazy. You know, go into enemy territory and get wins with those two pitchers on the mound, I'd say the rest of the series would look very bright for you, but we've seen things happen before. So It's um, over! <laughs> you're, you're, you're Kenny Smith on, it's over! <laughs> um, 
I mean, we'll see. I mean, the Astros went from pretty much trusting their process to one of the best teams in baseball. As we know, they won the World Series two seasons ago. Um, but I think they're in a world of trouble right now. Like, you have those two pitchers starting out your World Series bid for you. You kind of, you know, the odds are on your side that you're going to come out of that, you know, with a 2-0 lead. They come out of it with a 2-0 deficit with game three um, going to Washington uh, on Friday. Now, in game three, Washington's going to have uh, Annabelle Sanchez on the mound and – the Houston Astros, I was about to call them the Rockets, are going to have Zach Grinke on the, on the mound. So, you know, another experienced pitcher, but they, they really, they dropped game three. And I'm going to be right along with Jimmy with my, on my Kenny Smith joint. Um, I still think there's a chance, but Washington is throwing some pitching, you know, at, at you too. So that was their strength coming in, in my opinion, but. They've been showing something. You want them to lose. Keep it real. Keep it real. You they, want them to lose. They, it's over. But you well, you know, I I root for a team that's in their division. So you know, it's a division. It's like me wanting Dallas, the Giants, or 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 Washington to win the Super Bowl. Um, oh, I got you. I got you. You still hate yeah, though. You know, plus plus I live here, so <laughs> that's 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 a whole different animal. But no, I I, I can't front on the area, DC. Remember they were saying that little slogan a couple couple years ago, DC on the rise. You, but they you they mean really the weren't. Area. Yeah, they really you mean weren't. The area. the area. Yeah, but but now it seems as they really are. You know, the Capitals won the the Stanley Cup um two seasons ago. Uh if you care, the Mystics just won the WNBA title. Um and the Nationals are two wins look, away nobody, from winning the World Series. And guess what? We know. None of that ahead, matters if the Redskins can't win. I, I say, we know the darling of this town um, and, and what they're looking like right now. Um, even even the people, you know, a lot of the people that we talk to, you know, considering, you know, we, we talk to a lot of black fans. The football team and the basketball team are one and two for most of the people that we talk to. But like I said last week, hey, when you don't have your favorite sports to lean on, you got to jump on something else when it's <laughs> when it's positive. And, I, going well. and from my so shout out to him, you know, I'm, I'm not allowed to lose one. Two, they're one and two, but they're not even close. When I right, talk to fans right. from down there, it's like, yo, even with the Wizards staying at the it's like, yo, that's Redskins town by far. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's one. And then you, you know, let 10 seconds go off the clock. And then it's two, three, four. <laughs> like, the, the WNBA, like, that that barely counts. And that's not my opinion for anybody out there about to get upset. I'm talking about as far as fans go in this town, that barely counts. But I bet you they're going to mention it when they talk about the success of the city. So, um, until you just no, said that, I'm man. right now. Yeah. I said, I'm not allowed to root for them. I'm, I the I'm glad they're no making people take one. them more seriously than they did. My bad. Until just now, I didn't even know the Mystics won. Damn, <laughs> <laughs> you better stop, start watching Lady Ball, man. Lady Ball got a game. <laughs> Lady Ball and Annie Ball. Um, Skyview said, he's in the chat room. He said, 
Uh, I'm currently in Houston. The pulse is completely different. I know Houston probably, they're probably so scared right now because they came in with a lot of confidence. You know, they don't get to see teams like the Nationals that much during the regular season. And, yeah, I think they they were shocked. Um, The first game had little ebbs and flows, ended up in a 5-4 win for the Nationals. Last night's game, man, it was 2-2 for a long time, and then the Nationals broke it open. Had a six-run inning, and from there, it was all she wrote. So, yeah, Houston is in trouble. Houston, we have a problem. Neil said her coworker came to work happy, but she couldn't get excited. It's still baseball. <laughs> and and she also said her friend is the DJ for the Mystics. She's the only fan that she knows. Wow. Is she really a fan, or is she just a fan because she get paid to be one? And they're spinning records. You spin records. Shout out to Bernie Mac. <laughs> All right. Um. So Jim, you you definitely before we move on, you definitely you think it's over. It's over. <laughs> All right. Some sad news in the world of the NFL. Uh, Hall of Fame cornerback uh, Willie Date. Well, I'm sorry, Willie Brown. I'm tripping. Dies. At the age of 78, um, everybody knows Willie Brown from the Raiders. Um, he was he he's credited with establishing the bump and run style of defense that the Raiders used for decades, and then you know it went on to become popular all around the league. So basically, all they're saying he was a physical ass cornerback. Um, but yeah, he he helped the Raiders for 12 years on the field. Uh, then he became a, a big part of the franchise in his, uh, after his playing career. But he died on Tuesday after his battle with, you know it, cancer. I'm so tired of saying that word, but it's so much a part of the lexicon now these days. It's a shame. Um, so shout out to him. Rest in power to Willie Brown. Uh, Skyview in the chat room, a big Raiders fan. Condolences to the to the to Raider Nation, homie. Um what else happened this week, man? Oh, the whole Philadelphia Eagles thing. They're falling apart after getting destroyed on national TV on Sunday night by the rival Dallas Cowboys. Jim, remember last season they were talking about this anonymous source who kept criticizing Carson Wentz, saying that he went to Ertz too much and, you know, talked about his leadership skills a little bit. Well, that anonymous source came back out this week and had some things to say about Carson Wentz, um, <clears throat> about Doug Peterson and the offense. Um, he said he basically criticized the team for not acquiring cornerback Jalen Ramsey and also said Doug Peterson's offense um, was overly complex, you know, and, and unnecessarily overly complex. Um, also went on to say a few more things about Carson Wentz. So your man Howard Eskin went on the radio earlier this week, said that he knows who the anonymous source was and has been all of this time, and it's wide receiver Alshon Jeffrey. <laughs> mm. <laughs> what's, what's your thoughts on that? Are you surprised, first of all? I'm definitely not surprised. It's I a mean, wide receiver. That's what they do. But yeah, <clears throat> I mean, listen, we call them wide receivers mm-hmm. because um, – 
all them dudes divas. That doesn't shock me. I'm shocked that Eskimo came and dropped a bar like that. Like, why you, why you put him <laughs> on like that? <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, you, like, you look at guys like Eskimo. They're not only journalists; like they're fans of the team. So I, I'm not really surprised if he thinks somebody is dividing the locker room or doing something negative to the team. I'm not surprised at all. A lot of those dudes are fans first. I know, but it's like that's a little weird though, man. Considering like you know, what if you want to get some more tea from the boy? He ain't, you know what I'm saying? As they say in our uh, our favorite show, uh, Real Housewives of Atlanta. Um, you know, how, you, how you supposed to get the tea if uh if you put not your sources like shout to Howard too, and shout to Spike for his son who's a friend of our show. But that's crazy that he put it out there. But getting back to what he actually said, um, like yo. Has he said this to the coach or has he stepped to the quarterback? Like, it's un- it's- um, obviously I mean, not. That's, that's, I that's not manly to me, man. I've heard now that now that his name is out there, I heard that they stepped to him. Carson Wentz claims, you know, we talked about it. It's it's in the past. Doug Peterson went on, you know, when he, I think when before his name was said, Doug Peterson was he was in the press basically clowning. Because with what Alshon originally said as an anonymous, you know, cr- critic, he said we need to make it simpler. Sometimes we need to just handle what's manageable. Even Peyton Manning knew when to check it down. So Doug Peterson was like, "I'm not a smart guy, and I can figure out the offense. Um, it's not that complicated." Then he said, "I've never heard this one before. We're not throwing it deep enough, and that she he said we're not throwing it deep enough, and now we're not throwing it short enough." I don't know. I don't get it. So he doesn't even understand the the whole thing because last year when he said they were going to Earth so much, he was saying, you know, they weren't they were throwing it intermediate to him too much. They weren't going down the field and now the dude is talking about more manageable stuff. So it is kinda like a make up your mind type thing. Um but we all know who the source is now. Um neither one of us are surprised that like Jimmy said, it's a wide Redeemer. Um but Carson Wentz definitely it, it, was it, it concerned kind of corny, by the quotes. Though. He didn't try to like brush it off like, oh I'm not concerned. He was concerned by the quotes. Not not that not that, you know, his brand anyone anyone concerns themselves with the brand of Alshon but kinda of suckish to be like, dude, you know what I'm saying? Like I've had problems with teammates, obviously not at that level that I never played in the NFL. Um but even like I can't imagine just talking to the media or someone right. else like and um, and telling them don't say my name. Come on, man, that's yeah. Tank. Come on, man, like yo, <laughs> man, that's that's definitely tank, man. Like you got to step two, as they say on the wire. I ain't trying to step two, but no, you got like you gotta step to the ball, man. Be like look, man, this problems with the way our stuff is working. Yada yada. Then y'all hash. Then the media reports on that. Closed team is like. You know, that's what right. I mean, y'all are in meetings every week. Y'all are in practice every week. Y'all are on plane rides every week. Y'all are on hotels every week. Y'all on buses every yeah. week. There's plenty of times to have a conversation. Yo, Doug, yo, Carson, let me talk to you for a minute. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Get your concerns out. I mean, y'all were, you know, y'all are members of a, a Super Bowl winning team. You would figure, okay, at this point, you know, as much as Alshon did for them in that particular season. You think he has a bit of a voice on the team where he can call the coach aside, tell him what he thinks is not working, call the quarterback aside, 
and hash it out like men. So yeah, he he you know he tanked out on that one. Um, Let me ask you a question. Carson said we've all had conversations and everything and everyone is good moving forward and we're on the same page. So that means they're gonna rumble on the side. Let me ask you a question. And, and it's in reference to this conversation about the Eagles and Carson and and, and Doug and all that. How how big of a like you know is your squad? So they won a Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Um, so what does that buy you in terms of time before you have to be judged for your job? Because I hear a lot of people starting to call Dougie's job, and I'm like, yo, he won a Super Bowl not too long ago. Um, well, but how long does that last? I don't know. It it, it kind of I think it depends. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't think it lasts as long for Doug as it would for somebody else in the, in the situation. And the reason I say that is because they won it fairly quickly in his tenure. So you win it kind of quickly. And if your team just totally falls off a cliff after that, then people could basically just go with the notion of, well, that was a fluke. Maybe he's not that good, but let's say if you, you know, if you had like an Andy Reid tenure and you, Tasted success, but didn't quite get over the hump. Tasted again, didn't quite get over the hump. Been good, had a couple garbage years, been good. And then you finally win one. Like, I think that buys you more time because we already know of your consistent record of success. You just couldn't get over the hump. Now that you're finally over the hump, we know that that success wasn't a fluke. So we give you a longer leash. Doug, I don't think gets that. Um, I don't, I, I wouldn't say his seat. Say if they continue to slide the Durham now, and it's possible because they got a, they still got a murderous row of opponents coming up in the next three or four weeks. Say they continue that slide, being favored to win the division and being one of the Super Bowl favorites, don't even make the playoffs. I don't think his seat, you know, I think he comes back definitely, but then I think a season like uh, like an identical season next year, I think that would be it. I think his seat would get hot somewhere in the middle of next season if you didn't, you know, do anything about it. Even though we do know um, the owner, uh, Jeffrey Laurie, he's known to be a little bit of a lenient type dude. And he doesn't like, he doesn't like for his organization to look like, you know, some of the ones that we see out here that are just, Dysfunctional and higher and firing coaches yeah. every other year, <laughs> new quarterback every year. Yeah, I mean, because there's a lot of us out there, especially fans, who are like, Man, we waited so long for a Super Bowl, I don't care what the Eagles do for the next however many years. You know, of course, you know, that gets into the exaggeration territory. Um, you care about something, you're always gonna. You know your emotions are going to be there, so they're going to be they're going to be yelling for them. I mean, you know, a lot of people are a prisoner of the moment, whether it's positive or negative. So you know, it's some people already out there. Doug a bum, get him out of here. <laughs> so you never. And that's what I'm wait. saying. Like, like, but I was having a conversation with someone, and they was like, I was like, damn, he just want to chip. He was like, yeah, that's over with. I was like, damn, is it? <laughs> I don't know. And then people get chips like, and get all cocky, know. like. Like, dude, like this is the first one you ever won. Let's not act like Listen, man, they, they want they want more now. It's like yo, but you know what though? Like, yeah. Hey, fans want more, and then Doug at the you know everybody get excited at a parade and just say anything. So Doug at the parade saying you know dumb stuff like, 
This is what we expect around here from now on. We're going to have a bunch of these. And they, they talk like that. <laughs> People are going to hold you to it. Not one. I know, not one. I know you're just talking. So me, I'm like, yeah, I'm still on my euphoric ride from, uh, you know, a season and a half ago. Some people are like, no, Doug said this was going to happen. So, Doug, you got to make that happen. So, not one, not two, not three. <laughs> Doug, talking that, yeah. That one heat parade they had gave us 45 quotables, yo. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yo, the, whole, the whole decision gave us quotables for I'm taking my talents to stop. Like, the whole thing was a joke, man. Anyway, I see the handle there. We got off tangent. It was great. Great drama. Great drama. All right. Um, yeah, so yeah, that, that, that's what's happening in in our town of Philadelphia, our quote of the week, man. Our quote of the week is not even from an athlete. It's actually from an ad. It's from a commercial. The athlete in the commercial didn't actually say anything in the commercial because this athlete rarely does say anything. And the quote of the week is, this is his city. And that's from Kawhi Leonard's New Balance. It's hard to say new, new balance because, you know, you got to say it twice. From his new New Balance ad that came out on opening night after they beat the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, so they had that shot waiting in the canister. You think it was a disrespectful shot at LeBron James to already say that L.A. is Kawhi's town? Or do you think they're going to explain right. it away and say something like, no, he's from there. We're talking about because he's from L.A. They knew what the hell they were doing. All right. It's, 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 it, to me, it's a couple things here. First of all, it's marketing, right? And it worked because we're not the only ones I've heard talk about it. So, therefore, it did work. Um, I think that's the attitude you have to have as your new balance and you're coming into the game and you're going against LeBron James and the swoosh that's behind him. Um, mm-hmm. So, I don't have no problem. Take one, take one city at a time. Start with that one. And um, I, I see Kawhi is becoming more visible. He's becoming like, you know, uh, Kawhi in L.A. versus Kawhi in Toronto. So, I think it's all part of his rollout. And to a certain extent, um, I think even after last year with what he accomplished and what he did, I still think to a certain extent it's going to sound crazy. I think Kawhi gets disrespected because um, I've, 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 like, had a couple – because, you know, who started so now I'm in all kinds of hoops conversations on these tweets and um, on the interwebs, and people still be disrespecting Kawhi. Like, they mentioned the top five players, don't mention Kawhi. Um, I watched a game the other day when they played the Lakers, and – Kawhi did everything right defensively. He had 30 points quietly, humble, didn't really say much. And after the game, all they talked about was what's wrong with LeBron and AD. And I'm like, yo, Kawhi didn't even get a mention. I saw then the next day I get to watch, you know, all the pundits that come on TV just to like, you know, um, do their hyperbole um, and mm-hmm. hot takes and hyperbole. You know, yeah, so they learned everything they needed to know. About this eighty-two game season from the first night. About an eighty-two game season, yo. But they weren't in some gate. Like none of them talked about why. So it was like to a certain extent, he's still getting disrespected. Um, so he kind of come out crash marketing and all that. Everything was about what's wrong with the Lakers, and you know, saying it's the Lakers, right? But the the part is this run that he went on last year, and it still can seems to be still continuing, is legendary. So, um, no problem with the ad. I think it's marketing, and that's what it's supposed. It was supposed to draw emotion, and I see some people because, like I, I said, we're the only ones talking. I love about ads it. that talk. Yeah, ish. I like it too. 
Start man, listen, you know Nike you don't take a shot, man. No Nike you don't take a shot. They got to. They got to. But I'm here for all of that, though. I like <laughs> I like corporate beef. Pause. No tag. No doubt. But no doubt. That's why Wendy's got the greatest Twitter account on Twitter. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. They take they, shots they, at everybody they, who ever made a burger in their life. They take shots. And, and they're very they're very crafty with it too. So they got they hired someone nice over there. Probably got a team of writers or something. It's probably a bunch of SN writers that write for Wendy's Twitter. But but at the same <laughs> time, man, like um, salute to Kawhi and everything, man. And I know we're gonna talk about hoops in a little bit, man, but that Clippers team, cause I know, I know, I know, I know, man. We definitely gonna talk about them. Um, I got a question uh, along the same lines, but kind of, you know. Switching lanes a little bit. Shout out to Molly for switching lanes and, and Unc Bar. Um, you you think Kawhi Leonard is ever gonna speak in a um, New Balance ad, or is this gonna be their thing? Because <laughs> that's like the I second think, third New Balance commercial I've seen for him, and he hasn't said a word in two or three commercials. I mean, yeah, we know I that's his thing, really not saying anything, but at some point, you yeah, I speak think they're running. They're running with it. I think eventually he will, but it'll be a big thing when he does. Like, you know, I think they're trying to build it up, and then one day he'll, it'll be a big thing. He, he says something. Um, First time he says something, it's going to be like, laugh. We got a comment from Casey Mack. He said he believes that Kawhi has mind control over LBJ. It's like how Holyfield had mind control over Iron Mike. Um, you know, he said so he wants to see LBJ implode this. Basically, Kawhi be like, shut up. And LeBron be like, I'll be quiet. When he leaves, I'll be talking again. Yeah, because they tried to press LeBron on it being a rivalry. And LeBron already trying to, like, push that away. Like, no, it's not a rivalry. It's just, you know, 210. No, it's a rivalry. I mean, they play in the same building. And now, you know, both teams are good at the same time. We rarely have that. Um. It's a rivalry. Yo, it's always been one, but it's been lopsided it's throughout crazy, the right? history of the rivalry. But you play in the same building with somebody, you yeah, and and you fight so It's funny, for right? Fans, as far as the Clippers are concerned, <laughs> it's funny because I was uh, I like I, I mentioned the last couple of shows, but I'm 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 very proud of myself for this accomplishment. I finished that book, uh, Basketball a Love Story, which is it's a huge book. Um, Funny thing enough, though, it was it was so long of a book that I was like, "Yo, this has to be one of the longest books I've ever read." But it wasn't still wasn't bigger than Bill Simmons' book. But anyway, um, yeah, in the finished. book, because it's all about hoops. But in the book, talk about the idea of the rivalry really is, and it says that people like to throw rivalry around so much, and a lot of stuff just isn't a rivalry. And it was talking yeah. about how like Russell and Chamberlain was a real rivalry. Because of, like the sheer amount of times they played and the games that they played in that had meaning, they said right. Magic and Bird is considered the biggest rivalry. They said, but people don't realize Magic and Bird played like thirty games against each other. That's it. All together, yeah. So they the played in different conferences, so they <laughs> yeah, played each other twice a year, unless you know, unless somebody was hurt, and they had to actually make the finals to actually play. Yeah. And that's the thing; they made exactly. the finals a lot against each other. So, you yeah. know, I, I so definitely like, Yo, put that like, one up there. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was like yo, they played like I think it said less, either thirty or less than thirty games, but either it's it, it, it's right around that number. And when you but think you about know, it, it's not a they played so much more. You know, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, 
not even close to being a rivalry, but everybody tried to make that out to be one. But it's funny to see LeBron try to push this off saying, you know, because they try to pit him against Kawhi, and he's like, well, no, there's no rivalry there. You know, I'm a little older than him and this and that. LeBron was letting that noise go when it was about him and Kobe, though. <laughs> he was letting that same noise go when other people were sitting around mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's a lot of rivalry. They've never played in a game that meant anything. Like, never. Yo, the biggest game LeBron and Kobe's played against each other was the All-Star game, and that has zero meaning. Yep. <laughs> They never made that finals appearance that they were all supposed to make. So, yeah, definitely nothing. Just a blip on the radar in NBA history. Um, Stat of the week. Now, I definitely wanted to use that joint that Phil gave us. Maybe we'll use it next week. We got to check everybody's uh, yardage and and catches and rushes and all of that. It's a football stat. We'll revisit that next week. We'll just make our own. I'll just check everybody's numbers and make our own. But for now, we're just going to use – Simple, a simple stat since basketball is back. Um, I know you know the answer now, Jim, but beforehand, like, would you, like, are you surprised at who is, uh, who's made the most three-pointers in NBA history in the first three seasons of their careers? Like, are you surprised yeah, by who? Um, for those of shocking. you who don't know, Buddy Heald from the Sacramento Kings, has the most three-pointers made in NBA history for a player's first three seasons. He had 602. Um, and second is Dame Lillard. He had 599 in his first three seasons. And third, probably to no one's surprise, Clay Thompson with 545 three-pointers made in his first three. Um, I guess what you would think, like Steph or somebody would be up there, but we got to remember, Steph didn't come in and anybody planned for him to actually be Steph that we know him to be now. Mm-hmm. So he played, but he didn't come in. Like Clay came in, I believe he was an instant starter. Damn Lillard came in and he was like the instant franchise player. Um, and Buddy Heald has played. He's been a starter from the jump with the Sacramento Kings. So those are the type of things, type of context you got to keep. And then you look at dudes like, Ray Allen, Reggie Miller, they came up in a time where the three ball wasn't as prevalent here, but they were considered special. Yeah, there's always, there's always, there's always context to like statistics like this. Like when you talk about most, any sort of statistic where it's like most, it's always going to be context to that. Like I always joke and, um, you know, and because I always joke about it, someone actually hit me up this past weekend because Matthew Stafford like just broke another record for yardage or something. And I always joke <laughs> Matthew about Matthew Marino. Stafford want to have the greatest he had the greatest stats of any quarterback ever at the time he's done and have no chips. But um, but that's why when it comes to stuff like most, it's always going to be the way. It's always context to it. But still an accomplishment because you still have to make them. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. even though you're making a bunch more, you still got to make them. So it's still an accomplishment. And I, I guess because, I mean, let's be completely honest. I watch a lot of basketball, but I don't watch a lot of Buddy Hill. Like, I just don't. Like, so. <laughs> I just don't know. Yeah, I mean, for for those out there listening, because I know we have a lot of West Coast fans, like, West Coast games come on too late for us East Coasters, pretty much. So, the ones that we are staying up to watch, it ain't the Sacramento Kings. It's the Warriors. Yeah, the Warriors, the Lakers, Clippers. Right. It's like a handful of teams you stay up for the Warriors, Lakers, Clippers, and who else? Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah, I, yeah, oh, you're like, yeah. Um, I guess Rockets at one like well, right, and the Rockets like aren't even really West. West Coast, so yeah, they, their games come on a little bit earlier. So out out West, I think you named them all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, maybe that maybe Portland. <laughs> I never really say yeah, it was ten thirty to watch this Portland game. That's true. And I, you know, I that's love James Lillard, but I ain't never really said on a sleepy night too. Like, man, I gotta stay up to watch this Portland game. Like, yeah, that's know, true. I, that's I, true. So, yeah, that's something. That's I've, I've been like dead Warriors. tired and like, yo, I gotta watch this uh this Warriors game or this Lakers game. So um, the two LA teams, the uh, Warriors and the Rockets, and um, Warriors, right. we gotta see what they look like this year because that might change. But you know, and the, and yeah, the one LA right. team right. just got that distinction. Because even when they had Chris yeah, Paul yeah. and Blake Griffin, I, I still wasn't like, I got to watch this this Clipper game, yo. Blake's rookie <laughs> year I was because I think he had that dunk in his first game he played, and I went crazy. And by the way, that's actually on, on our YouTube channel, my response to that, um, when I uh, called him the, the greatest. I, I was, you know, I was in my um, hot takes and hyperbole bag. I called him the greatest <laughs> um, mixed, mixed race player to ever play basketball. Because um, yo, because if you remember Blake's first couple of games, he was just punching on any and every. Yeah, and Blake, Blake was the truth. The funny, the the craziest part about it is Blake still is. Like I was about to say that that was the funny part. Like we we used to think Blake was the truth. He actually has more game now than he did back then. He's just not as exciting because now he's dribbling yeah. and shooting threes. But he has more to his game than he had back then. But he's never available. Um, Speaking of and him, he's not, he's, and he's not on prime. He's not on prime time either. Yeah, like you know, he, he don't get a lot of Pistons games in prime time. Yeah, so, <laughs> but yeah, Blake, he's that dude, man. He 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 is what Zion can be. You know, Zion lose a couple and 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 work on his game. He could be Blake Griffin. Could be the model for what Zion could be, and you know, maybe Zion could be that and more. Um, yeah, Blake Griffin is one of those guys when it's all said and done, he's never gonna get his props because he just came along at a time where he just like he just like you know, somewhere in the middle statistically he just like he's not blowing blowing out the box scores like a James Harden and there's so right. much other stuff going on. But he's consistent as hell. He's a great player, but he won't get his just due. But you remember, you know when his his buzz went down when that, that S word attached itself to him. And I blame that on like Zach Randolph. Back like you know, like six seven years ago, they start calling my man soft, yeah. and then yep. everybody just took that as the 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 narrative, as the end all be all truth, and that quick, Blake Griffin, who had all this fanfare, used to be one of the leading vote getters for the All Star game. All of a sudden, Blake Griffin can't play anymore. <laughs> it's weird. All he's done throughout that whole time, when he wasn't injured, is put up numbers. Um, all right, so Gus Griffin is going to join us at the top of the hour to give his picks. So right now, let's take let's go to the phone lines. We got the homie Tobias waiting. Yeah, Tobias, the phone Tobias, what's going on? Roll damn tide. Man, I tell you, man, God, y'all talking West Coast? Y'all forgot, man. I, I'm in a red state here, man. My foot may get chopped <laughs> off here. LeBron won't defend me. Talking about you know the ramifications. <laughs> Yes, you uh, should. LeBron gonna be like, well, y'all could have waited a week to chop off his foot. But, um, <laughs> <I know. laughs> but man, uh, I see all the hot takes for that Lakers game and the uh, 
Clippers. But see, yeah, the Lakers thing done. Is, Crown the Clippers. Give them the trophy. Hey, this is how you know people don't watch the games. It has, has a bunch of confirmation bias. Not crapping on LeBron for the dance out there. People got to take consideration. This guy's in year 17. And he played like another additional two to three years of playoff games in a way. And Olympics. Eventually, yes, he's not going to be LeBron in 2010. And I think people are forgetting that. uh, He still put up 30, though. That's the thing. The slide is evidence. He's not falling off of a cliff like some people would, you know, like you to believe. He's not. But – yeah, it's it's a gradual slide. Father Time we know is pretty much you know, with, with the thing. Father Time is undefeated. Listen, man, yeah, he, he ain't he ain't D Wade out there. He ain't D Wade out there. Right. But I mean, he's still a top five the player the is, in 2019. Right? Here's the here's the thing, right? The fact of the matter is, playing a team that's the the, the, the favorite right now is the entire thing. So and you're, play, and you're playing a team who was hard pressed to make a statement. They were and, and here's the thing also. Here's the thing also. And I was watching the game when I took a break in class. We had to watch it and stuff. It seems like one, if Frank Vogel make it a Veterans Day, I'd be surprised. Uh, <laughs> you know, oh, yeah, that's, um, that, that is Jason Kidd's team. That's Jason yeah. Kidd's team. I don't even know who the, who, the, who they fooling. Like, they call a timeout. The players go talk to Jason Kidd. They walk right past Vogel. Yeah, <laughs> it, 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 you know, we got to be honest about this. Anthony Davis is playing a game. He doesn't want to play. He doesn't want to post up and be on the block. Keep on pissing him off. Hopefully the Bulls can get him. We'll give y'all Larry marketing. But anyway, the Clippers are just – but see, the thing with the Clippers, people are missing, they pretty much just added Paul George and Kawhi. They kept most of the same guys. And for some why. reason, Oklahoma – yeah, Oklahoma City, they could have had Lou Williams or Montrez Harrell if you wanted Paul George that bad. Somehow, they ate aside, let them stay in L.A. That's how you know they don't care about winning. They just want to get picked. And, um, well, yeah, I, I, but, yeah, exactly. I think um, Oklahoma City has re- reserved themselves to the fact, like, I don't, I don't even want anybody who's going to come close to winning us a game. Like, it's time to rebuild the whole oh, yeah. thing. It's like we got lucky off the draft that, before. They built a championship team off the draft before. I think that they think they can do it again. It's time to trust Absolutely. the Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> They're about to trust but I, one thing, though, man, and I know you bring it up. Like, the, the thing about it is that's what impressed me the most about that game watching the Clippers. It really wasn't even Kawhi because Kawhi is going to be Kawhi, which he was Kawhi. See what I did right there? But but at the same time, I'm like, <laughs> yo, how, how is Lou Williams getting better in year whatever year he's in? Like, <laughs> I forgot Lou. Yeah. You know, Lou Williams, Lou Williams outscored came out the whole Lakers bench. 16. He outscored yeah. the whole Lakers bench. Yeah, Lou. No, but like I, I was even mentioning in our group chat, I'm like, yo, he's very, he's becoming more crafty, and I guess it comes with age and experience. But some mm-hmm. of the moves, some of the stuff he was doing in terms of like drawing fouls, and like some of the, even on defense, he's not known as a defensive player. Some of his positioning, feet movement, I'm like, yo, this dude is getting better as a basketball player, and he's in like <laughs> year look, twenty or whatever. But he um, look like he gained weight. You know, looks out there looking like, yo, but Dwight Howard. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm like. This dude I hear, like, so watching him, and then, like, their entire bench was, like, that's like, – they don't have a fall-off when it comes Man, to – and the don't. funny thing is, watching them watching them defensively as a team, defense is probably the best in the league, and they didn't even have Paul George. That's what's scary. 
No, and that, it, that it, is it, it, that's that's a great point because you know we, we we'll defend LeBron from people jumping the gun too much over one game. The Lakers will get better; they'll gel. But that's not to take away from the Clippers because even in game one, them dudes look real scary out there, man. They look real scary. You know, the other thing also is that that people don't take into consideration the NBA team. The Clippers part fit, and everyone not only knows their role, but are happy with their role. And shout out to Michael Green. He's from my hometown. To Michael Green from my hometown, by the way. I always pull up for him, but – you always have to, uh, but that's the thing. People say, it's like with Melo, right? If you know Melo wants to start, it's not the fact he said he didn't want to come off the bench. It's pretty much who you're starting ahead of Melo is a scrub. <laughs> so, of course, you're going to be mad. Right. So, Yo, and and so, also, right, and I know, I, know, I know this is all hyperbole too, right, because we always talk about, like, body language and like, stuff we read way too much into. But because I be on Twitter all the time, like, the thing that's interesting to me about the Clippers is, like you said, they know their roles, but them dudes like hang with each other outside of basketball. Like during the off season, like they, they just be together. Like and and I know that like you probably can't read much into that, but I'm going to read too much into that because that's what we do. We we giving out this type of and these hot takes, but they um they actually you know move as a unit and and it's interesting to like just watch it because Patrick Beverly, right? First off, Patrick Beverly is he always plays. Ball, like his rent is two months behind and he's about to get evicted. Like I've never mm, seen no yeah. one like that. Like something's, something's yeah, wrong with yeah. him. He was irritating right. me. I'm sitting on the couch and he's irritating me and I'm not even out there. I'm like, yo, why are he being a pest like that? Yo, it's game one of the NBA season. He's playing yo! like it's the last two minutes in overtime, game seven of the Super Bowl, and the Super Bowl don't even have seven games. Yo, dude, yo, he's the type of dude, and we've said this before. If he's on your team, like you'd love that dude. If he's not on your team, you probably end up fighting the dude. <laughs> so y'all remember, y'all remember when he first you remember his first game against Lonzo and how serious he took that? He tried to ruin Lonzo's right. whole career and get on the game. Wasn't that game one last year too? Yeah, it was game one. Yeah. Yeah. See, you know, the thing about Lou Williams type and uh it's kinda like a Steven Jackson type in a way, like what those guys had to bounce around. And scratch and claw to get to where they were at, and then you got the guys like Wiggins and Cat, who act all way more talent. Those two combined and act like they don't give a damn. And I think those type of guys, the Wig, like the uh, Beverly's and the uh, Stephen Jacksons, those teams feed off of, and the coaches like because and, and like you know Pat Beverly like six two. He's trying to stick LeBron and KD. He's up for the challenge. And that to me, that feeds no, off that team. Hold up. And that, and that. Did y'all see? Did y'all see when he had a fall against Anthony Davis? Yeah. Yeah. He really tried to win it. Like, he, he really... <laughs> What's wrong with him? And, 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 and that feeds off on the team. You know, that feeds off on the team. And like, in one, we got guys like Jimmy Butler. They play the first game of the year. You new team. You orchestrated a trade there, but anyway. But uh, I got to touch your Eagles oh, real man. quick, Dev, because. Mm-hmm. Like people, I heard Carson Wentz stuff, right? This organization that you keep praising, they ask like everybody no. else. <laughs> I ain't asked like the buck. We act, we actually set <laughs> records on that one. Uh, we outdo ourselves. Remind, remember now, we draft kicker every other year. 
And by the way, I know Jimmy loves the fact that Alabama got a black punter, but uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> but 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 the thing with the Eagles is right. What I think the media doesn't want to get is the team that won the Super Bowl is a whole different team than Carson Wentz is having right now. And, uh, hey. and Carson, and Nick Foles, Nick Foles didn't have to be to play hero ball. Carson no, Wentz it, has it, to play it, hero ball because the secondary is bad, the running game ain't good, and they can't get quarterback pressure. And they down fourteen every week starting out. Nick Foles have to worry about that Super Bowl year. Right. No, it's definitely a different team. But when we were talking about the whole Alshon Jeffrey thing, like he's somebody who was on the Super Bowl team, the big part of it. So he's you know, he's one of the last people, except for the fact that he is a wide receiver, he's one of the last people you would think would be out here saying anonymous stuff. Like you think his voice is big enough on the team that he can talk to anybody it. about anything. Right. Like, put it's not like yeah, he's your name on it. some new dude who came over, not a part of the culture, that he might want to talk trash behind everybody's back. But, you know, if you went through that together, then y'all should be able to pull each other to the side and talk. He should have the ear of the coach. He should have the ear of the quarterback. He's the team's best wide receiver. But he chose to go and, and one, in, a, in another direction with it. And one thing is, I think with a lot of these young quarterbacks, people forget they are young men still growing up in the world. Is Carson Wentz 25 yet? I think he's 25, 26 probably. Everybody, uh, all these, these yeah, quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah. These people think all these quarterbacks, Russell Wilson. <laughs> he's the anomaly personality-wise. Uh, and I think these guys are growing as people also. And, uh, and, and I think people just don't take into consideration. My thing is that Alshon don't like it. Hey, you can play somewhere else. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. Hey, you can, you can he can, that's my thing. And I'll say this before I go, right? Uh, it's like I know my guy Tua got hurt, and I'm going to the VA right now to give him my ankle. He can have it for LSU. <laughs> uh, I don't need it. It ain't no good to me anyway. Uh, he can have it. But uh, it's funny how, like, one, I don't know why people are doing mock drafts in October before the year, before next year. But it's like it's crazy. It's like how expectations can hurt you. Because the LSU quarterback Burrow, people loving him, but there was no expectation beginning of the year. Everything is like house money, and like everybody saying, "Well, Tua throws the wide open guys," Well, Joe Burrow throwing the wide open guys, Jalen Hurts throw the wide open guys. They want to draft him, and the guy could have thrown the four pass a year earlier. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but <laughs> it's so it, 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 it ain't tearing down Trevor Lawrence. Also, they nitpicking him. It seems like they like think Jimmy always say. They build you up to tear you down. Tear you down. And like if you yeah. if you come in with no expectations out of nowhere, they love you. It's like Nick Foles, for example. He came in out of nowhere to win a Super Bowl because there was no expectations in the win. But so but every time they come in, expectations come out. Uh oh. And yeah, so real quick, real and so quick. Hey, guy, it's just Tobias. how it is. Tobias, breaking news. Uh, I don't know if you guys care about this, but New England just traded Michael Bennett to the Dallas Cowboys. For a seventh round pick that can go to a sixth round pick in twenty twenty one. So Michael Bennett is now a Dallas Cowboy. He must be done because Belichick ain't let nothing go if he if he's still if he's still good. Uh, well, <laughs> you know? didn't they have but, to? Didn't he get into some kind of trouble? Like, yeah. I don't know if they they didn't the suspend him or anything, him. but he got into some kind of trouble. So maybe Belichick was just like, you know, I'm Belichick. You don't disrespect me. Be out. Um. Wow. Yeah, so, so now the Cowboys got another crazy. damn pass rusher to bash our quarterback. 
<laughs> yeah, that's what Adam Schefter said. They got a rotation of defensive linemen that's crazy right now. Yeah. Because Demarcus Lawrence finally played a good game against Philadelphia. Um, He usually doesn't. <laughs> and he had to this time because he opened his mouth. He was talking trash. So it's like, yo, the underachiever is always rapping. But he actually uh, – he actually stepped up and had a good game. But Tobias, man, we got to holler at you next week. We got to get Gus on to get these picks. So, you know, run, run over to my bookie. Make these make these bets. Hey. Promo code hey, War Room. Tell man, you Gus know what it is. Gus, I mess it up because I got to buy my lady her engagement race. You don't know that yet. So, Gus, let <laughs> it come through now. But anyway, y'all All take right, it man. easy. All right, you All too. right, man. Take it easy. All right, peace. <laughs> All right. And like I said, for you NBA Invest. I'm sorry, NFL investors out there. We're about to get Gus Griffin on the line to give you his uh, NFL picks of the week. So let me get Gus on. Gus, you there? Hey, how you doing? Pretty good. How are you? I'm all right. All right, everybody. Gus was three and four last week. Is that your? Is that your first? Week under five hundred? I think that might be your first, uh, the week, first week. My first week, I came out at I think a one and three. You know, my my slow okay. starts. <laughs> yeah, and then it was the, the next two was pretty good. All right, but three and four last week, nineteen and fifteen for the season. We still over five hundred. Um, let's jump right into it. Let's start off with a over under game, and that's Giants versus the Lions. The over under on that one is fifty points. Uh. Both defenses give up over 26 points a game. The Lions are a top – they're a top 10 offense, believe it or not. So, I see that as a pretty much a shootout. Um, even with Barkley back, yeah, he'll give he'll give Jones more room to throw the ball. But Barkley I mean, um, Barkley himself, he's a home run hitter. I mean, you know, you can right. run the ball with him and still score quick because uh, it just takes one down. I think it's going to be a shootout. I'll take the over. All right, well, I'm going to need the Lions to, to continue to be a top 10 offense because Matthew Stafford – will be uh, at the wheel of my fantasy team until Patrick Mahomes <laughs> comes back. Patrick Mahomes actually practiced twice this week. Yep. I don't, I yep. don't understand why the Chiefs would rush their new franchise quarterback back, but they are in kind of now mode, so uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't want to fall too far behind. Um, so, yeah, let's, let's go Matthew Stafford in case I got to use you. Um <laughs> All right, the next game, the Chargers at the Bears. The spread on this one is four right now. Where, where are you looking at with this one? I'm taking the Chargers plus the four. I just can't see Trubisky keeping up um, with a desperate Charger team that needs to have a good offensive game. Obviously, the Bears' defense is elite, but they're on the field so much. And, and then bottom line is you're on the field enough, you break down eventually. Um, I think the Chargers plus four, actually, that's one. Of, that's going to be one of my upsets. So are we close to coming to the conclusion that Mitchell Trubisky is not the guy, or does he have some time left to prove? Oh, he's got time left. I mean, usually most quarterbacks take 30 to 45 starts before they really figure it out. He he made progress last year, and as is often the case, film gets around, the league adjusts. Now it's time where he can adjust now. Uh, he should figure some of this out by the end of the year. He should, you know, start to move, approach back to where he was last year because he had, he did make progress. But I think it's I, I think it's too early to cut bait. For me, yeah, I mean, I, I do as well. I just think um, since most people 
were like appalled at the fact that they drafted him over the people that they drafted yeah. him over in the first place. Extra pressure. That his his yeah his his leash would be a little bit shorter because of that. All right, we got Extra another pressure. over under here. Oh yeah. One more right. thing about Trubisky: the, the fact that mm-hmm. uh, the 49ers didn't even require all that to give him to give that to them. They weren't even going to take him. And so, yeah, it's a, <laughs> right, it, that's, exactly. an extra, right. that's an extra layer of pressure for him. <laughs> All right, so we got the Texans and Raiders. The over-under on that one is 51 and a half. Taking the over. The Raiders are the perfect over team. Uh, they're pass-happy, and they don't play a lot of defense. Perfect over team. Um, the Texans, and, um, Deshaun Watson, they're dynamic offensively. I think this is another shootout. All right. Um, we have the Eagles going to visit the Buffalo Bills. Two point spread in this one. What do you, what do you, what do you see? You I got my bird. Give us the mat. These are two teams going in the opposite directions, man. And um, the Bills actually had their best offensive game. Yeah, it was against Miami, but uh, they're gradually getting better on the that side of the ball. They're getting some. So Singletary back, they're getting some some weapons back on offense. So I just think that uh, you know I, I I don't know I don't know where the Eagles are going right now. It's still young season, but it doesn't look really good right now. See, but that's that's what everybody needs. Like you don't need a bye week to get your stuff together. You need a game against the Dolphins, and the Eagles <laughs> don't get a game against the Dolphins until early. My Steelers got it this Monday night. <laughs> right, they, we 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 don't get the Dolphins until like December first. We could be out of it by December first. We, <laughs> we need to shift the schedule, move the Dolphins up, and then we get everybody to get everything together. All right, so um. Where are we at now? Uh, 49ers, uh, Panthers at 49ers. The spread on this one is five and a half points. Where you go? Okay, these last two, Panthers um, at the 49ers and the Packers at the Chiefs. I'm taking the Panthers plus the five and a half. Three of their last, they've won three of their, um, uh, three of their last four. uh, They've won four in a row. Three of the last um, uh, four of the, uh, the four straight wins have been road wins. Uh, three of the last uh, four straight wins, four wins have been uh, they've scored at least thirty points. No, they haven't faced a defense like the Niners, and the Niners are very good. But Jimmy Garoppolo is still not quite what got him that contract. And and yeah. he, you know he may kick it in one week. Now he kicks it in one week. He kicks it in one week. Then you know people are in trouble because they're a very good team. But yeah. if he goes the other direction, they're beatable. The Steelers had him. I mean, if the Redskins had anything, Washington, I'm sorry, they if they had anything, they could have beaten them. Um, so, but but he's prone to have that big turnover game. I think the Panthers travel well. They're going to cover that spread. I don't know if I'm going to pull them pull the upset, but I think they're going to cover that five and a half. All right, and and Christian McCaffrey is wearing that offense like a backpack. He's um, a bad boy. He definitely is. And you said the Chiefs, Packers, three and a half. You got on that one. Taking, taking the Chiefs plus the three and a half now, and I want to combo the Chiefs and uh, Panther games. I'm taking those two underdogs. There's something that a very um, interesting pattern this year has developed, uh, and I haven't tracked it in years past. But backups and first-time starters this year alone against the spread ATS are 25 and two. 20 wins, five losses, two pushes, 13 outright wins. Now, and this is just isn't Bridgewater, okay? 
I'm not counting Daniel Jones because he is the established starter now. I am counting Bridgewater because when Breeze comes back, he's going to be the starter. But the bottom line is this. The general public overreacts to quarterback injuries and the um, in, in most cases, and the odds makers know it, and they put a line out there accordingly. In both these cases, these are two of the quarterbacks that, I, that I'm seeing in that situation, so I'm going to go with them uh, to cover those spreads. All right. Well, you heard it here. Everybody go out there, you know, get to your investment sites, get to your investment representatives, however you do it. Um, get your, those picks in before Sunday. Gus, we appreciate it as usual, and we'll talk to you next week. Oh, and um, yeah, make sure Gus has a new article out on warroomsports.com, uh, football and imperialism. So make sure you guys check that out. Thank you much, gentlemen. No doubt. Talk to you next week. All right. All right. right. Y'all know how y'all can get in touch with us when we're not on the air, when we are on the air, whenever. Just check check out the website at warroomsports.com. Take your time. Move around on the site. Uh, You know, got any questions? Holler at us. You know the ways to get in touch with us. All right. So, Jimmy, what happened this week while everybody was on that good grind? Yes, sir. It's time Everybody to was talk about there making maxi pads for men. <laughs> Yo. We're out there getting Yo. a nice tan. It's time to talk about what happened while you were on the grind. And this is brought to you by Sports the Book, the greatest sports book ever written. You can get it at sportsthebook.com or at our hub, sports.com. But it's time to talk about what happened. Wow, you were on the grind. Yeah. Yes, he Your man, Metal World Peace, is back in the news. He's uh, launching basketball, Airbnb. Yo, what's wrong with your man? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I was reading about this. I was, <laughs> what's it called? Um, I was wondering where he was. Yo, what happened to Pete? Yo, what happened to Pete? Pete, 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 Pete. He was in the lab, man. He was in the lab cooking up, and it's called X vs. X. It's going to be an invite-only beta in Los Angeles. Um, it's going to feature a class pass-like business model of $5 per month for unlimited hoops with options for elite, hardcore, and recreational players. So basically, you go to L.A., or if you're in L.A. already, or if you fly out to L.A., if you have a membership, um, I guess you can go to your app. They have, he said, he has over 300 indoor hoop facilities in LA that's on board. So you can look on your app, see where there's a run on your level. So I guess if you call yourself a recreational player for your $5 a month, you can go on your app, click on recreational, and you can find um, a gym with recreational level players I guess you go there and get your hoop on. But the, the thing I'm worried about, Jim, and, you know, we need to see if we can get Metal World Peace so we can ask some questions. Like, okay, that means you can get in to wherever you're going, but does that mean you're going to get a run? Okay, like, you can waste money, go places, and you can't even get a run. Like, it's not, it's not that easy. It just kind of simplifies the world of pickup basketball. <laughs> Yo, he drunk. Everybody want to have next week for this for the Airbnb app. Like, yo, stop it, cuz. 
I mean, good luck to him. Though. I hope it works out. I hope it works out. Like, yeah. I wish I had an app movie Young Boy to find a major run. That'd be that'd have been cool. But you know, I know someone yeah. else had this before, but I don't know because I don't, I don't I don't know. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like it's weird. I mean, I guess everything, every idea, every beta like this, you have your questions about, but. You know, with us growing up in this culture, being a part of this, like we know a little bit more about this than say when a real Airbnb was made and Uber and 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 Lyft and all of that kind of stuff. Like it's just it's weird to me. Like there's nothing guaranteed. <laughs> if I call an Airbnb and I rent one for the weekend, I'm guaranteed a hotel room. If I call yeah. an Uber, I'm guaranteed a ride. With this, it's like all you're guaranteed is you're going to get access to a gym. Might be places where if you're not a member, you got to pay to get in the gym. So you have access to the gym, but your ass can still sit there all day if nobody picks you to run. So yeah, I'm wondering how they're going to deal with that. Kind of or is it a thing where once you click and you get there, then maybe you're in line and people can't pick teams. Like the next five have to go up. Maybe it's something like that. Maybe, so don't maybe get there with a bunch of I mean, I hope everything works out, man. I hope it's pretty, pretty good, but I don't know. Um, right. Yo, man, let's talk about your man, um, uh, Mr. Steal Your Girl, a.k.a. Fletcher Cox. He got um, a chill. He had to pull the shot of y'all. You know what I mean? Gentleman tried to break into his crib with the baseball bat, and Cox had to grab the shot of and back him down because uh, Fletcher Cox was in the crib with this his, um, uh, now ex-girlfriend. Um, you know, such a well, they call her, of, uh, She probably wasn't an ex when yeah. he came to the house looking for her. Well, no, <laughs> yeah, she's an ex now. But um, such a cop always like he all has a reputation of entertaining other people's women. So uh, you know, what's up with your man? So they said this dude Corbin Naima showed up at Fletcher's house looking for. Like Jimmy said, his ex girlfriend. I don't think neither Jimmy nor myself believe that she was the ex-girlfriend. Nobody goes, you know, running up on a 300-pound rich dude's house looking for your ex. Like, you there looking for your girl, your wife, somebody that you're willing to get smashed over. You know what I'm saying? Like, dude, you got to know he got weapons. He rich. So they said he allegedly damaged the woman's vehicle before attempting to forcibly enter Fletcher Cox's home by throwing rocks through his front door. So he was really on some do-anything-for-love type stuff. Um, like Yo. you said, Jim, Fletcher Cox got to chill. He got to, you know, um, Stretcher, Stretcher Cox got to gotta chill with um Yo. with other people's <laughs> chicks. <laughs> like, like, for real, because this is not the first, not, you know, for all of you guys who listen every week, I don't know if you remember or not, but this is not – the first time that we've had a while you were on the grind topic that was about Fletcher Cox getting into something over somebody else's lady. So first of dude. all, that chick must got some butter coos because <laughs> he pulled up to Fletcher's crib with a bat like ready to rumble. Like she, she, she right. got that she got that butter love. And Fletcher probably like, come on, girl. He was in there trying to get a tank. And dude rolling up like, <laughs> like, like you gotta keep like your dudes away from like, the house. Trying to take the top, you might like it. <laughs> Yo, yeah, Fletcher, Fletcher got to kill that man. Butter butter. No, seriously, like we laugh at this now. 
Somebody gonna get the drop on dude one day, and a lot of people, you know, yes, crimes are. of passion are a serious are. thing. Somebody gonna get they the are. drop on him, and we're gonna be reading the story like Fletcher Cox was murdered over the weekend, found with another yes, woman, yes, another yes, man's yes. wife. Like yes. Fletcher got chill. She got that. She got that butter love. She got that bomb. anyway, she must got that butter love. For he, uh, he missed a couple of games. He got a pocket with that man. Yeah, and what's up with your man Oscar De La Hoya, man? Oscar and De La Hoya. He's taking to a hotel, not the crib. <laughs> Yo, no comment. Yo, Oscar De La Hoya has been accused of sexual assault, man. He died of being tank. Um, yeah. <laughs> 29-year-old woman who's a, uh, a licensed twice, vocational nurse. Um, she said this happened back around November 12th of 2017. Um, she was invited by him to see his new home he purchased in Pasadena, California. Um, this is this story is interesting because the woman admits that she was there to have consensual sex with Oscar, but she refused to have a specific kind of sex. Maybe Oscar was in the little booty play that night and she wasn't really trying to hear it. So when she repeatedly said no and told him to stop, she says he then overpowered her and violently sexually assaulted her. Um, they said, uh, according to the lawsuit, she screamed in pain, got away from Oscar, and screamed at him, but he laughed and responded by repeatedly urging her to take a shot of alcohol. Um, I don't know if I said it in this story, but she did say that he was intoxicated at the time um, when he became more aggressive. So, but come on. I Like, the fact that she admits, Jimmy, that, you know, we'd had consensual sexual relations before, I was there that night to have consensual sexual relations, it kind of, whether she's telling the truth or not, this gives much more credence to her story. It makes it much more believable, you know, to anybody who's listening, because she didn't go say, yeah, I was in his house at such and such time in the morning, and, you know, I wasn't expecting that. She was like, yeah, I was there to get busy, but he wanted to get busy in ways that I don't get busy. So, I don't know. Oscar De La Hoya, of course, is denying the accusations, but the optics of this one, the fact that, you know, she admitted what they were there for, kind of, kind of, it's, it's going to be more a little difficult for him to get out of this. Yeah. Yeah, I, man, Oscar always got some uh, some some issue with him, man. Oscar like, man. damn Oscar. Damn. <laughs> anyway, I was gonna tell you other than damn Oscar, like you 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 just you uh, man, you bugging man. Yo man, you bugging man. No, speaking of um, we're not speaking of bugging. Let's just move on because I ain't really got to say Oscar because like ever since some some pictures had leaked to Oscar, um, you know anyway. Thank you, Oscar probably where. But uh, yo, listen though. Um, Michael Jordan. That's right, Michael Jeffrey Jordan, the uh, you know great Chicago Bull, one of the top five players of all time. I watch people now get mad at me. Um, <laughs> yeah. the top five of all time. <laughs> yeah, people get mad. Um, he opened up the first of two health clinics that uh he, he he's doing. So Michael is giving back to the community. Um, he had an interesting uh, quote when they uh, asked him about it. He said that when he was playing, he was like laser beam focused. He was in, and he didn't think about anything else but basketball. But now that he's had time, like you know, sit around and see what's going on in the world, so, you know, do more. 
I mean, you can't really knock somebody for saying that. Even if that's not true, yeah. that's, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm going to get mad at that. But knowing what kind of basketball retard he was, <laughs> like, it's believable to me. Like, dude, probably exactly. That's why, that's why anything. It's, a perfect, it's a perfect catch. But the, definitely a perfect, a perfect cover for being a, a jack-off during his career. When you said he had a quote, I thought you was going to say that he said, you know, Republicans get sick, too. But no, um, anyway. Ah! But no, this this is definitely a great endeavor. Like Jimmy said, it's one of two. Um, and it serves people who are uninsured and underinsured. So, you know, keywords, code words there. Um, it's a great thing. Like we've always been able to say Mike doesn't do much for his people. Um, we've given him props on the things that he does because some stuff kind of gets looked past. Like a lot of people look past the fact that he's changed some lives, given a lot of jobs out within the Charlotte Hornets organization because most of the staff um, in that organization are black people. Um, but yeah, under uninsured, underinsured people in the city of Charlotte or you know wherever it is in Carolina, and I think it's uh, in Charlotte's West Side. Um, yeah, that's going to help. A lot of people that look like him. So shout out to to him. They said two years ago he made uh, that seven million dollar donation that we did talk about on the show to Navant Health to build the state of the art facility. Um, and the second one is on the way. In his speech, he praised his hometown of Charlotte and said the clinic is about making an impact that will be paid forward in the city. So kudos to Mike. We gotta clap it up because we dog you when you when you, when yes, you didn't. So I give you props when you do. Salute <clears throat> that. All right. So um, yeah, that's 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 what happened when you hardworking folks were doing your thing. Um, real quick, give some birthday shout outs as usual. We don't have a lot of birthdays. Birthdays been trizzy lately. I think we find more birthdays if we get a sponsor. So if you have a small business and you'd like to sponsor a segment on the War Room, the birthday segment is available and we will do we will work much harder to find more interesting birthdays if we had somebody paying for our time. All right. <laughs> In birthday news this week, shout out to Corey Dillon, former NFL running back. And champion with the New England Patriots. Like, how many former players can you say that about, Jim? Champion with the New England Patriots. Uh, Corey Dillon turns 44 years old. So, shout out to him. Jay Novacek, uh, former tight end of the Dallas Cowboys before the great Jason Witten arrived. He turns 57. Shout out to him. And we're going to give a rest in peace shout out to uh, NFL legend Y.A. Tittle. Who was born October 24th, 1926. He died October 8th, uh, 2017. Lived a nice long life. We like to give a war room salute to all of these folks on their birthday. birthday. So you guys, before we get into this NBA rap, you know the deal. You can check out our website at warroomsports.com. But if you want to call in and speak with us about any of these NBA topics, anything, any observations you might have, from the first two nights of opening week, uh, we're here right now. And the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline is open. That's 
888-344-0012. Just press one when prompted. But if you already listen from your phone, just press one if you want to holler because it's La Costa Nostra time. Yes, sir. It is time to talk about this bull. thing of ours. Ramps in Miami. And this is, brought to you by, this is brought to you by Digital Extreme Technologies. Do you or your business need a custom website? Well, for dynamic, professional, and most of all, affordable custom website solutions, here's what you got to do. Hit up Digital Extreme Tech. Stop using Wix sites. Stop pointing up Facebook or Twitter. Listen, you got to get a custom site. It's 2019. If you do business, won't you do business by getting a custom site? Go to digitalextremetech.com or call 267-205-4203 and tell them that the war room sent you and get the hookup. But it's time to talk about this thing of all. <laughs> Yo, it's time to talk about some salaries, right? So your man Jalen Brown, who we talked about last week, was out here <laughs> talking about he needed some bread. And I told you all he was going to get paid. He didn't have to go to where to get paid. Jimmy said, years, it takes one team. We just didn't know it was going to be the team that originally turned down that <laughs> his other request. Shout out to him. Yo, four years, $115 million, then he went out last night and did nothing. <laughs> That's how you do it. The work is done. You got your money. <laughs> Straight cash, <laughs> homie. Yeah, so he got his done. bread. Buddy Hill, the, uh, the legendary three-point shooter, um, he got four years, $96 million. Yo, Wow. This, and, this, and this right here, those two guys and those two contracts are why everybody defended China. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, yeah, it's interesting because, you know, I had a conversation with some people the other day, and they were wondering. Like, I, I heard some people to say if you compare Buddy Hill to a Jalen Brown, they think Buddy Hill might have gotten the short end of the stick um, because people think that he's done more in the league. I mean, statistically, offensively, that could be the case. Um, Jalen Brown playoffs. has, I'm about to say, he has performed in the playoffs. And he is considered a pretty good defender. Um, I, I don't really, in the little bit of games that I've seen, I haven't noticed anything about Buddy Hill's defense. I don't hear much about Buddy Hill's defense. So, I mean, when you look at things like that, you can kind of see why it went the way it, it did. But, hey, Buddy Hill, don't cry for Buddy. He, he has incentives yeah. for his contract that could take it all the way up to like 106 um, if he reaches those, so um, probably something crazy yeah. though. I think one of them is like the Kings. If they win the chip, he get a certain amount of money, so he can scratch that one off the list. Yeah, um, yeah, eighty six. That was doggy. I think <laughs> I think Cam Calloway. I think Cam Calloway is better than both of them, but that's either here nor there. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Uh, anyway, uh, but I still so, got to so watch the last season. Man, I got to watch the last season. Yo, I'm, I'm, yo, I'm behind too, but it's an amazing show. I was catching up yesterday. when we say that, but um, salute to both of these gentlemen, man. And what I meant by that China comment is like, as things um go on it, or, and more information comes out, it lets me know the kind of revenue the NBA is getting from China. And I know uh, the they gave us a number, ten percent of overall revenue. But I really had no idea just how big of a deal it was. And now I see why LeBron, the commissioner, everybody ran, you know, aid. Not saying I agree with doing that, but I see why. Um, 
and I brought it up last week that China has more NBA fans than the U.S. has total population. That's crazy. That's, that's very. And all crazy. those people, all those people buy products. Their 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 TV contract over there is worth over a B, and it allows teams to pay people like Jalen Brown 115 million. Yeah, yeah, Jalen Brown, um, Buddy Hield, uh, Pascal. Can you program Pascal Siakam as <laughs> Jimmy calls him? Uh, he got a he got a bag, but he went out on on the first night and, and earned his bag. What do you have like thirty four and eighteen or yeah. something like that? And I think it might not be consistently like the numbers might be not, might not be consistently that diesel, but I think you know he's going to be pretty much the leader of this team now. Um, Hold up. now at least at least one of them right now don't. Yeah, no, no, no. Kyrie had fifty. Kyrie had fifty, but they lost. Oh damn! Yeah, Kyrie. Um, yeah, Kyrie was Kyrie was drawn. My fault. Yeah. So so Yo, Siakam, he, he made me look good on night one though, because remember, I had him for most improved player. It was between him him and uh, Markel Fultz, and they both pretty much balled. But you know, yeah, it's all relative. Pascal was already a good player, and he just turned some superstar numbers out on. Night one, so we're gonna see how many times he can do that during the season. Markel was he couldn't go any lower, and he balled Yo, out. Yo, that's the crazy part the about Markel. Markel, the bar is so low for Markel that like when Markel made his first shot, he got like a standing ovation. Everybody online was drawing. <laughs> I was like, "Yo," it's like people seem to really like this guy. People, people want him to succeed. It's like, you know, it's kind of he showed up. me some stuff, man. He showed me some. He showed me some stuff. That I didn't know. Of course, you know he came down the lane with a nasty dunk. We've seen that. Um, we've even seen his quickness. He was much better of a finisher around the rim in this game, and his passing, his passing really impressed me. Um, Markel's always been a really good player per minute. When he got you know short minutes for the Sixers, like his stat line was like, okay, he did all of that in ten minutes. That's pretty good. So I expect that to continue, um, and we've seen him get, you know, we we've seen him get a triple double before, off the bench. Yeah. But the way you know he came in, it to, it looks to me like okay, if you can put any kind of consistency behind this, then DJ Augustine is quickly going to say peace to that starting point guard spot. So, yeah. and I think that's what the Magic want to do anyway, but. You got to make him earn it because DJ Augustine, even though he's not a star, not a superstar, he's a solid point guard. And, it, you know, it's been a while since he relinquished that spot. Like he's gotten that spot and he's held on to it and he's played pretty good minutes everywhere he's gone. But he's going to say peace to that in, in a little while if Markel keeps playing like pretty that. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah, that, that's the thing, girl. That's the thing. Like people want him. People actually want him to do well because the bar is set so low. But uh, you know, salute to him though. Um, how about this though? Because your man Vince Carter, he just tipped off his twenty second NBA season, which means that there are players in the league that weren't even born when Vince was playing. Yeah, that's 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 interesting. <laughs> that is a very interesting. Take there's people on his team 
When was when was Trey when was uh Trey Young born? Good question. Like, like um, ninety four or something like. Yeah, it, it, either way, man. Vince Carter, he's he's that cat. You know, when he was in his prime, maybe just coming out of his prime. You know, I've always known you know that he was a great player. I've always had some criticisms for Vince at the same time. Uh, what he did on the defensive end, um, the fact that he really couldn't go left, all of that kind of stuff. But when you see somebody that's, you know, from a whole different era, he's still sticking around. He's still getting paid to do it. He's accumulating. So he's making every – Vince is on his, like, okay, if y'all did forget or if you discounted in any way what I did in my prime, I'm going to accumulate these numbers long enough that y'all not going to have a choice when it comes to Hall of Fame voting but to put me in the Hall if you were going to disrespect me and not put me in the Hall. So it's good to see him out there. But I, I kind of, not that I'm like a, a Vince stand or anything, but it would be kind of nice to see him on a contender right now and maybe play a small role in winning his first NBA title on the way out. But, hey, it's, it's, it is what it is. What do you think about the, the contingency of people that think that he's just like holding up a, a job for a young, a young, a young man. I mean, there's, I would say that there's some credence to it, but then you think there's a lot of other people out here who a lot of us think should be in the league and they can't get a spot. So, I mean, something Vince doing is, there's something he's doing that's earning that spot for him, whether it's leadership you know what he does with the with the with the younger kids. There's something. I mean, Joe Johnson just got cut. He was the MVP of the Big Three, and you know, judging by that and what he was able to do against former NBA talent, you would kind of think that Joe Johnson could give more to an NBA team physically than Vince Carter could right now. He's younger than Vince Carter, but hey, yeah. Joe just got cut. Vince still there, so I don't know if it's a pity thing. Or if he's actually earning that spot. So if he, if he can earn it over a young talent, then what can we say about that? Yeah, I mean that's true. That's that's true. I, mean, too, I guess man. when he is playing for an Atlanta, though, like I say, because if he was playing for a contender, I don't even think that question would be. I don't even think that would be floating around. But the fact that he is playing for a team that really has no shot. I guess people are figuring, you know, that could be a young team that's developing yeah. and building with young players. But yeah. hey, yeah. get your money. <laughs> in Casey Mack said that Giannis has been in the league for six years, and he was two years old when it started. Hell, Giannis, Giannis been in the league so long, though. Giannis like nineteen. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Giannis been, the league Giannis been in the NBA 12. since he was like twelve. <laughs> 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 yo, Giannis went. Giannis left. Yo, Giannis left his bar mitzvah and went straight to the NBA. Like, come on, cuz. <laughs> um, yeah, man, Vince, you out here, man. But congratulations, man. They still gonna pay you. Keep going out there. I mean, it's not like Vince is a Hall of Famer yet. Um, you know. <laughs> and, and I say that to say this. Uh, your man, Michael Jordan. Like, we talk about Jordan twice tonight. How about that? Michael Jordan uh, was a little bit of a concert, um, because people really watch the whole thing to get full context as usual. Um, he says that Steph is not a Hall of Famer yet, and social media lost their ever-loving mind 
And I watched the whole thing, and I was like, he didn't even really say that. Like, right? It, it, it's kind of ridiculous. They asked him who would be his uh, his five. He had to run a you know run a game. It was his five? He said Pippen and Worthy. Like to me, those are his two best teammates. One from college and one from the pros. Then he said like he said Magic, Hakeem, and who else did he say? Magic, Hakeem, and somebody. Yeah, he just picked those four because he was the fifth. Um, the interviewer okay, asked him like, "Who? What four would he?" Run with yeah 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 I forgot he's a what the hell am I talking about yeah so it was Magic yeah Magic Magic Hakeem Worthy and Pippen so like I'm like okay and they said just be mad at first of all watch Steph why have all the people why the first of all Steph yeah that's that's the thing Steph's name Michael Jordan didn't even bring Steph's name up for everybody that's out there upset with him so after he named his 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 four dudes that he would run a pickup game with he's saying so. Should Steph Curry be offended by that? Why would Michael Jordan pick Steph in a starting five? Like, you know somebody's going to pick people from their era when you ask them that kind of question anyway. Regardless of all of that, he picked four players who are currently in the Hall of Fame, all have bust in the Hall of Fame. So he says, should Steph be offended by that? Michael Jordan was like, no, Steph's a great player, but he's not a Hall of Famer yet. And they giggled. Because I don't know if people saw Magic came out afterwards and tweeted, relax everybody, Michael Jordan, we all know that Steph Curry is going to be in the Hall of Fame, but Mike didn't want to get dinged for tampering. The way he and the interviewer laughed, like what Magic said made me think, like they probably had some inside joke, you know, off the record, off air, where they were talking about, well, don't be asking me about any, you know, current players because I can't speak on any of them. Because the yeah, NBA and gonna... magic, magic know about that right. tampering life too, right? So I, I just think it's much ado about nothing. Like Jimmy said, it was a context thing for one. Secondly, I think it probably was some things going on, you know, outside of the interview that we didn't know about. Probably some inside jokes um, that came into play, you know, when he asked him about Steph. The whole tampering thing probably was an issue, and if you want to be one hundred percent. Like, if you want to be literal about it, Steph Curry is not in the Hall of Fame. So yeah, and, and you know, people I'm got right. you know the hot takes. And a new a new album coming called Hot Takes and Hot Purple. People like went off and oh Steph, I'm like, come on, cuz like really like that that yo. When I saw the whole joint, I was like, yo, people mad about this. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna be mad about that. <laughs> That's what Steph yeah, like, said. I'm on, gonna be cause. mad about that. <laughs> Come on, cuz. He took the, the best answer. player Steph, right now. When asked, Steph was like, Oh, I think it's funny. And he, you know, it sounded like Steph was mature and was going to laugh it off. But then he did add this. He was like, Plus, I understand, you know, people, veterans always um, comment on current players. So that statement kind of made you think, Oh, he might feel a little salty about this. Because somebody's not giving Yeah, Steph he also this. probably. Also, probably ain't it either. He probably just, you know, he got clickbaited. Uh, pretty much. Yeah, he got clickbaited. Shot to Lamelo. Shot to Lamelo ball. But he got clickbaited, man. <laughs> um, yeah, Melo. <laughs> yeah. Yo, man. Speaking of the uh, NBA, though, right? that's what we're doing right now, man. This is this is this has been opening week, and you got to see your Sixers play. You saw the Lakers Clippers game. You saw Andre Drummond go completely stupid. Um. Huh. What have you thought about these first couple of nights? Um, it's, it's been kind of exciting so far. But when you love basketball the way we do, 
anything could have happened, it probably would have been exciting. Um, hopefully, because this happens every season. But I'll tell you this, though, Jimmy. It's been a while for me, at least, that I can remember there being, you know, this many good games on on opening night or opening week. I remember a lot of times, like, they hype up a game for the opener, and then the game ends up being pretty much trash. That Lakers... Clippers game was good and you know Clippers didn't pull away until the end of the game that was a pretty good game for all the 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 criticism that the Lakers are getting and you know it was a pretty good game to a certain extent and if you get LeBron James in that situation to play like LeBron James then you know moving forward when those two teams meet and, and the higher uh, echelon teams meet it should be pretty good unless people are load managing same thing with the Sixers and the Celtics I don't even think that game was as exciting as the game out in LA but it was close for a long time and the Sixers didn't pull away until late in the second half Um, even though Zion didn't play the other night that game was a great game it went into overtime so we've gotten some quality games so far in my opinion where usually we look forward to these opening week matchups and they're usually trash truck juice. Um, we're excited right now. So, you know, probably going to be some trash games coming up in the next couple of weeks. But as everybody gets into the swing, I think it's going to be good. But some of the stuff that and stood out to me. This is one of those things where, like, when the offseason starts, you can't start moving teams. And everybody like, damn, but that's the beauty of people moving teams this way. Like, it's, it was exciting to watch Kyrie go out there in Brooklyn just because Kyrie's in Brooklyn. Like, you know what right. I mean? Like, and then Kyrie went out the Raptors, there like, commenced to you know, kill how the Raptors going to play? Timberwolves won. How the Raptors going to play without, like, the claw and how good is Siakam going to be? And then you got a chance to see that. Like, you know, yeah. all these new-look teams, man. You know what I mean? You find out that, uh, you know um, – your man uh, had an allergy, so now he's in great basketball play shape. Uh, big <laughs> job, like yeah. all kind of stuff going on, man. Like Zoe getting Zoe on the bench. I'm like, yo, it's all kind. NBA is is mad drama every night, man. It's mad drama every night. I was watching the game last night with Portland and Denver, and the Joker like is just yeah, good. Three, I, mean, I don't think like he's the best in NBA. Or just good though. Yeah, Joker Joker got skills. He, I mean, he built like a storm door, but he got he got. <laughs> um, even though he sat out a lot in the first half because he picked up three quick fouls, he still ended up leading the team and scoring with twenty points. Um, the the whole uh, you, you mentioned Zoe. Now, observation I took from that, like. Zoe is always embroiled in some like playing time or like when he's getting playing time drama because I really didn't understand why Zoe was sitting it out in the, the later stretches of that game. He came out like I think I think Zoe and Ben Simmons sometimes at least from myself get the same kind of criticism because I both I think they both have a lot of game that, that a lot of fans miss out on. And it's all about their level of aggression. Zoe came out aggressive. And it's not just shooting, but he pushed the pace, made some great passes. He did take some early shots when you thought he would probably defer and pass up. I thought he was playing pretty well. And then, you know, in the, in the clutch moments, it seemed like coaches 
because we know we had this with, with Luke Walton, but and it's only been one game, so I don't see a trend or pattern. But if, if this is going to end up being a trend or a pattern, it seems like coaches don't trust though in the in the you know, the crunch time of the games. What's up with that? Because like I, it, it's why I brought it up because it was kind of weird to me watching it, man. Like now, granted, yeah. they got a little squad over there, so it's like, who you gonna take out to put him in? You got, you got, you got Drew, you got Reddick, right? Um, because yo, you Redick can move Drew to handle the ball in that situation, and you got to have Reddick in to yeah. shoot. So, I guess the lineup gets yeah, small. So like, you have all in at the same time. Exactly. So that's the thing. They got a nice little squad. They got a embarrassment of riches. Riches over there is uh, JJ Reddick, man. Jay Redneck, like yo, the ball could just play. Like I was watching the game, like the ball could really play because when they needed a bucket, he got it. I'm like, he he fits in. He's one of them dudes that just fits in with any team. Cause, I mean, I guess when you shoot, you can fit in anywhere. But yo, dude got like a 13. Like he's never missed the playoffs in his NBA career. That's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. I don't know. He might. Yo, he but, might not. But yeah, if he don't, the, the luck of Reddick. Um, yeah. Speaking of small lineups, because you know we had uh, somebody on our page got a little excited about what the Raptors did because um, Siakam and my man Fred Van Vliet both had over thirty points apiece, <laughs> and the comment was something like. Uh, Joel Embiid would have to be 100% for the Sixers to still beat the Raptors. <laughs> and, and I'm thinking about it. I'm looking at their starting lineup. Like, they started Van Vliet and Lowry in the, in the backcourt. Um, Siakam, uh, Gasol, and was it was it Norman or was it Serge? I don't know who it was, but I'm like, if they start I think it was any lineup against this Sixers team that features both Lowry and Van Vliet in that lineup at the same time, they are going to get pounded into oblivion, run out of the building. Like, because if you looked at the Sixers game in the Celtics, you know, Sixers and Celtics last night, the Sixers could do nothing in the way of shooting long distance. But they were the tougher team. They were the bigger team. It kind of it seemed like they flipped roles. The Celtics have been pounding on the Sixers for the past three seasons because they've been the tougher team. But they put the roles reversed last night, and they kind of bullied the Celtics. No way you're going to come in there with a lineup of Van Vliet and um, Lowry when the Sixers' backcourt is 6'10 and 6'6, respectively. Nah. <laughs> nah, that might look that, that You might swing that against the Pelicans, but nah, it's not. Yeah. Yeah, he – like, yeah, that's not going to work. Funny thing about Van Fleet, though, what I like about Van Fleet is, like, he, he he has a little bit of that, um, a little bit of that aggressiveness, too, that we talked about with Patrick Beverly. He's just not, a, not, not as Patrick Beverly-like. But he's he he got should. an attitude problem, man. He really feels <laughs> like he's better than everybody. And I think it's funny. Uh, yeah, I, so I actually really enjoy that. watching the Raptors play. <laughs> No, it was a very good game, and I don't think people were expecting that because probably half of the people who were slated to watch the game probably didn't once the news that Zion wasn't going to play came down. But, you know, I watched it. It was it was the first game in the NBA season, so, you know, I'm, I'm going to watch it regardless of who yeah, it is. Yeah, um, And after Absolutely. the Raptors got them big-ass rings, um, 
a good game broke out after that. Man, listen, I, I ain't gonna lie to you, dog. Speaking of his first weekend at Lakers, after that, after watching the Clippers game, so I'm ready to get him Larry OB right now. Like, I, I fell into my hot uh, hot takes of hyperbole. I'm like, yo, this is the best <laughs> team in the league. I only saw, I only yo, saw like they are scary the because the they are equally as good on the offensive and defensive ends. And to say that they're equally yeah. good offensively as they are defensively is scary because when you look at the defenders they have and the cats that weren't even playing, come on, man, you got Kawhi, you got Pat Beverly, you got uh, Paul George who didn't even play um, off the bench. What's the dude? The dude that come off the bench with the energy. Montrez, whatever his name Montrez, is. Montrez Harrell. Yeah, like, come on, man. <laughs> Yo, I tell you one thing. Dubek was out there it's making a good, the Lakers trading him across the hall. It's been a good nine, ten months since I've seen anybody like slow down Kawhi. Like he does whatever he wants. Like he just does what he wants to. His mid range jump shot is ridiculous. Like Yeah. He just does what he wants to. He's down there in the post putting in that Mamba work on the elbow. <laughs> yeah, like and I'm starting to and I'm as I'm watching him put down this it, it like the way he's playing, I'm like, all right. So I start thinking like about Kawhi's whole career. How many chips does Kawhi have with San Antonio? Uh, I think just one. Just he, one. He played okay. in two. So he lost one two. too. They lost one. He won one. And so now he got, got one with Toronto. This dude bring one to the clip. Like think about it. Like okay, San Antonio. You kind of expected their winning culture. They were still on their on their dean when he was there, but you didn't expect him to be the MVP of the series. Then you come yeah. to Toronto, a team that's never sniffed the NBA Finals, win a championship, then you go to the Clippers, the historically the most dysfunctional franchise we've ever seen. <laughs> what did and you, you got baby? them as title favorites right now. Come on, Kawhi. Where'd you come Yo, from? Yo, what it do, baby? <laughs> Where'd you come from, Yo. Kawhi? Yeah, he's definitely <laughs> on some terminals right now, man. But, you know, salute the dude, man, because like I said, humble, quiet, and, and because of that, he gets overlooked, but he's just mad efficient, does everything on the floor. And I don't, I don't want to make this like a, a job fest, but I was just thoroughly impressed with that whole, like, Clippers. And I'm telling you, watching Lou yeah. Williams, man, I was like, this boy's getting better. They got the dog, Patrick Beverly. Like, who's going to beat them in seven games? That's what I want to know. Oh, no. Oh, no. I say after one game, I don't want to tank them either, but. It it looks scary. Like I think the 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 criticism of LeBron and the Lakers is a little premature. They're still. I mean, if you think about it, their team had the most turnover of anybody. They brought in Davis and got rid of their whole young nucleus. It's like LeBron, Kuzma, and KCP who gave them nothing offensively the other night. They're like the only dudes left who were on the team last hey, year. So and, and and this season this season has been lit thus far. It, it, it's so lit. That I, I think it's time. For, I'm gonna tell you why. Yo, in five minutes we get to watch the Milwaukee Bucks play the Rockets. Come on, cut. It's all in the first week. <laughs> yo, all, I ain't even watching. First week. I mean, I got multiple screens, but I'm gonna be paying way more attention to that basketball game than that football game. I can't even tell you who's playing football in five minutes. Yo, who, <laughs> who is the Thursday game tonight? Oh, matter of fact, who's the Thursday game? Want to, yeah, it's like Washington and Minnesota. So, yeah, I ain't watching. That's going to be a yeah, I don't care about that. Yo, 
Kirk Cousins going. He going to finish with Washington. Bucks, like, you like that? <laughs> we got the Bucks, the Bucks and the Rockets, cuz. Come on, cuz. And first off, I already know that it's probably on TV because we're not watching now, but at least I'm not watching right the second. But the fashion will probably already because I already know it's going to be disgusting to watch them two try to outdo each other coming into the game. So you know that's going to be a thing. So, yeah. yeah, so after – yeah, I'm, I'm definitely gonna be paying attention to that after the football game. Boy, gonna be walking down the hallway. You like that? You like that? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Kirk Cousins—he's too corny to get hyped. His hypeness is corny. Yeah, yeah. Some people don't need to get hyped, dog. Anyway, man, it's time for us to get out of here. Thank you, brothers and sisters, for joining us. For another briefing in the war room. Shout out to everybody in the chat room, Facebook, Twitter, to a group chat. Shout out to all of y'all, man. People that couldn't get through, we apologize. But special thanks to Fred Purdue as well as Gus Griffin for their respective segments. Tune in next week live right here on demand. As we review NFL Week 8, preview Week 9, talk about this thing of ours, you already know. Um, catch everything we do. Here's what you got to do. Go to warroomsports.com. That's right, warroomsports.com. Or get our mobile app and check everything we do. And if you want to get the mobile app, you can get it at warroomsports.com. You can also get my book at sportsthebook.com. Or War Room Sports Com. But until next time, everybody, don't accept mediocrity. Be steadfast in the war against ignorance, and we'll see you chumps on top. www.warroomsports.com What? Ain't no more to it.